Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in, folks, to the Corner Booth Podcast. However you are listening, Spotify, Apple iTunes, or TuneIn, thank you for joining us today. Great show coming on after the most boring Super Bowl in history. Listen, I love football, so I watched every waking second of it, as painful as it was. Uh, we got Trey Wingle losing his bananas. We've got Adman Vert getting canned. Anthony Davis lowers his team names to four. And... Bryson May Machado still have signed. Let's rock and roll, Mark. All right, let's do this. Uh, so, yeah, Super Bowl. One of, if not the most boring Super Bowl, like you said, we watched it. You had to watch it because, like, anything was bound to happen. But nothing really did. The Patriots had one drive that led to a touchdown. Jerry Goff and the Rams we had one drive that was looking like it was leading to a touchdown. And he made one of the worst throws in his career, his young career. But, yeah, it was pretty terrible. Pretty terrible game. Oh, my God. And you know what the worst part was? I, was? I had to watch. There was a Patriots fan at the party I was at, and I felt really bad because I just wanted to scream nasty crap at the freaking uh, TV. And it's only – and I left, and I'm like, God damn, I got to deal with this crap for another fucking year. But it's like, to me, <sighs> Tom Brady's the GOAT. And uh, Jared Goff looked like a scared little kid in the headlights. Sean Mc- so did Sean McVay. And, okay, so shout-out to my boy Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football, my favorite show on television. Made the best point this morning. He said that didn't look like the Rams. And he said straight up that the Rams looked defeat. The Rams looked like they were playing so conservative. He was said he was like, where's the, where's the end of the round? Where's the flea flicker? Where's the Johnny Hecker screen pass? Like, where was the fakes? It almost the the p the. And I said that I said this on Thursday. I said the only way you're gonna beat the Patriots is if you play your game. And what did the Rams do? They did the opposite. They didn't play their game. They played soft, conservative on offense. Their defense, their defense played a hell of a game. They just ran out of gas. And Jared Goff, when he was trying to make a play at the end of the game, trying to play catch up. That's when the Patriots get you. And their best cornerback picked him off, and the rest is history. I agree. It felt like you're watching almost an old like Andy Reid offense with Donovan McNabb with the it was either a run or play action. There was nothing creative. There was you had no guys yeah, motion. Good reference. You had no uh, what's it called? I think they were gonna go for the they were gonna go for two on that the first point of the game or I mean, not go I mean, for two go for fourth yeah. down on the first one of the game that delay they game. Yeah, they got nailed the penalty. Because you could like see the special teams or yeah, special teams coach. He was he was pretty pissed because I'm, I'm assuming they were going to do something. And then and then all the other opportunities they would have had a chance to do it. Like you had a fourth, third and two. You had Jared Goff running uh, in the backfield like he has no idea what he's doing. He had three huge plays in that game where he just throws the ball away and maybe like a short fourth down, a shorter third down. Instead, he decided to freaking run out of bounds or just take a sack like. Yeah, he played terrible. He was he didn't even go over and want to look at Sean McVay half the time because McVay was just pissed at him. But well, I mean, McVay made this, was quoted after the game saying that Belichick out coached him. But here's the thing: no shit. One, two. McVay's got to wear that. 
because the play calling, like you said, it was like an Andy Reid, old school Andy Reid offense for the 2000s. If you have weapons like Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, who Brandon Cooks had an okay game for the limited amount of touches he had. Like the dude almost busted one off on that screen pass in that last drive. You also have Gurley, CJ Anderson, and you can't do shit with them. Like, I know Todd Gurley's knee was shot, but that dude was going full warrior. He was trying to play the entire game. He didn't care. Because, like, that may – who knows? That could have been, could have been his only shoot roll attempt. No, I know. I, I'm still confused with the whole Todd Gurley thing because when he did play, he ran just like he was before. Like, he was running hard. I don't know if his cuts were there. I, didn't, I couldn't really tell what that They weren't but, there. You could tell he was running straight ahead, but he was just finding holes. I, I I mean, there's clearly was something wrong. He kept saying that he just wasn't playing well. McVeigh said it was just the schematics or whatever. But the whole Don't game play technology that's fucking bullshit. You didn't <laughs> want to play your running back. Shut up. Uh, but yeah, obviously McVeigh got uh, out coached. It was clear as day. But that almost did feel like a game though that the Rams could easily had like the the touchdown that should have or the should have been touchdown to Brandon Cooks. They dropped the one before the pick. No, 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 no. Oh, wide open. Oh, shit. Yeah. When oh, was, that the, Goff, was that when they tried to chuck it deep, but Cooks was like running a, a crossing route across the middle? No, no, no. Crooks, Cooks was standing in the end zone by himself. Oh, you're talking about that one. Yeah, and oh, Golf shit. threw a right. quacker. That thing was quacking the whole way there. If he throws it on a line, it's an easy touchdown. The Rams are up 7 3. Like, it. it I mean, there's a couple opportunities. The Rams never went. Rams were in the red zone zero times. The Patriots were in the red zone one time. That's how that game went. Yeah. Okay. So, and I, I, I will revert back to my genius point, and I, I will stroke my own ego here because I was on the money with this. The Rams looked scared on offense. They looked like they were so intimidated by what the Patriots were doing. Let's be straight here. There's one good defensive back in that Patriots backfield. It's Gilmore. There's not a lot. Like, I mean, yeah, Pat Chung got hurt in the first quarter. He's doing relatively good at cornerback. You got the McCordy brothers? Oh, God, I'm terrified. You throw at the Patriots because you're not going to – that, like, and they, they tried to get all the speed, and it's just – it made me face palm because it was like you tell them – it was like if you're a coach and you tell your players to do one thing – and you just see them do the exact opposite, and they lose. And then they're like, oh, there's no hope in this world. I, like, Andrew Wentworth, I get it. He's like a long time. He's one of the greatest, best guys in football. One of the good left tackles of all time. He's like, oh, we're all going to die. What he said was hilarious. We'll get to that in a little bit. But what do they expect? You, you literally play so scared the entire game on offense. Your defense isn't going to make all the plays. Like they, there was a lot of opportunities too, though that I I think as much as the play calling was bad, like there was a couple of plays where guys across the middle that were open in the Rams' offensive world. Jared Goff was either thrown low, thrown behind. He just didn't have a good day. I mean, he yeah. was what five for fifteen to start the game. Like, well, I mean, terrible. he's played more Super Bowls than Wentz has. But I may I did te- jokingly text you before. I said we can kind of start putting this Wentz Golf debate to bed because until I mean. I just you saw Goff's true colors under 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 the gun. When you take away the running game from Goff, he becomes useless. And I mean, a lot of quarterbacks do, but he just looked scared. And he just was making dumb throws and bad decisions. He was waiting on throws. 
He looked really like usually quarterbacks don't miss wide open receivers down the seam, which is your first line of sight when you drop back. You don't miss a wide open guy, your fastest receiver in the seam. Like it wasn't even like Cooks was down the reverse sideline that turned his entire body. He literally's looking straight at him the entire drop back. He didn't see he was wide open. Like that's just a bad read. And he did it multiple times. There's a couple of times I saw Woods running crossing routes 20 yards down the field. And he tries to force one down the field to uh, Reynolds or or uh, the tight end or whatever his name is right now. I can't think of it. But it was just so disappointing. And ah, just, it was just bad, man. I'm, I'm pissed. Well, the other thing, too, is is the the Patriots defense, how they were miserable all year. I mean, they weren't very good compared to their usual defenses. And they got pressure on him and Jared Goff, who, whose offensive line was supposed to be one of the better in the league. And they won, so the offensive, get, line, they won offensive line of the year. Exactly. And you got him looking like scared. He was so scared back there. Like you said, deer in headlights, just never knowing like if he's got to get sacked, if he should throw it, throw it away. I guess he thinks he can run now too. Ever since like last couple of games and he can, he gets a couple uh rushes. He thinks he can scramble out of the pocket. You could tell he's like running, like actually thinking he's fast. Like, dude, you're not fast. Throw the ball away. I think I actually run a faster 40 time than golf did at the combine. I actually might want to look that up because I run about a four eight right now. Like I think I might have run a faster forty time than golf did. But the one thing though that and we what we were you said when I was talking about Brandon Cooks and I think you were talking about is the play before the pick. Brandon Cooks may or may not should have caught that ball. Yeah, well, I mean, it was so funny because if he catches that ball, we're at this high ball game with seven minutes left, and the Patriots have to now play deep and make have to down, go down and score and then make a stop. And the thing is to me, because I mean, I don't think they were going to be able to eat up seven minutes a clock, especially how the Rams defense was playing. So to me, because then they could, then the Rams had more cards to play with. If you're in a tie game, you can be a little ballsier than you can when you're down seven. So, yeah. and if Cooks, and they think it was uh, Tony Romo said it, if, you're, if his elbow was three inches higher, that's a touchdown. He, he just didn't get his hands up in time, and the, he just couldn't hang on to the ball. Because that was the one of the better balls Jared Goff threw all game. And then he comes back throw. with and he comes back with that pass, which I understood what he was trying to do. He, the blitz was coming. He was trying to throw it back corner of the end zone. If it was either caught or incomplete, you could tell he slipped because of the pressure, and it and was the ball, just – The ball hung too low. The ball hung too high and fell short, so – yeah, yeah, but, yeah I, mean, I mean, the Patriots, they did it again. I remember it. We I even wrote an article about parody and how this was the year, and then the same damn team ends up doing it. I remember wait, saying, I, I wrote like, an article about parody, or you did? I did. Oh, I was like, damn, I was going to say, I didn't write one. No, I wrote an article on parody because this year was pretty wild. But then, it, like I said, then I, there was something inside of me that was like, you know what, though? This is the year when nobody knows who's going to win it. Look, and you then the cursed Patriots... the NFL. Congratulations. Well, I, even, I didn't curse. I said in the article, I even said, I said, just because there's all this parody, though, doesn't mean that since nobody knows who's going to win, there's a really good chance that the team that always wins is going to win. And that's what happened. The damn Patriots. Tom Brady has six himself. He's tied oh, himself with the man, most in the damn six Infinity Stone. Oh, God. I just, I, I can't, man. And. I'm very thankful that all the Patriots fans I've had contact with so far have been very civil. But for yeah, what, they were like they could be excited, but the game wasn't even really that like appealing. So there were, like I don't I, know how. I, it, I, I mean, one of my buddies, one of our, me and Kevin, me and oh, by the way, Kevin was just inco- in, incoherent last night. Come on, this dude is just. I, I sent him a graphic before. 
he was it was just Nick Saban and Belichick have won like every other year since like 2009, and he and he was like, I love this. I'm like, I know you do, but I have not had a bad experience with uh, a single Patriots fan yet, and I'm kind of thankful because honestly, I I have no I have just I have had it, but I'm being I'm being respectful, but you know. So are you gonna are you gonna you gonna say it and say they're not gonna win the Super Bowl next year? You're gonna be the one that says it. I mean, I'm praying Brady retires, but I know. <laughs> but apparent, did you hear Gronk's press conference, dude? He's done. Well, he said he's gonna ponder some time to think about. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he was. Oh, I mean, come on. He's 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 practically engaged to Camille Comstock. Like his life ain't that bad if he retires, man. Like he he'll, he he can do whatever the hell he wants in entertainment. He's gonna have a good life after football, regardless. Well, and he's done everything. He did. We had the debate earlier. Uh, this football season, but he will be a Hall of Famer regardless. Oh, but he, yeah, I mean. he, listen, I don't think like at one point he was just the most dominant tight end in football. I think the that whole aura. We I I will defend my point to the end. I think that whole aura of him being the best tight end even this year was just bullshit. Well, yeah, I, think, I, I came around on that. I yeah, guess. you finally realize that Kittle, Kelsey, and Ertz are all better than him. But I respect Gronk. He's my favorite Patriot by a country mile because the dude just fun. And, um, yeah, I, uh, you know what? If he retires, man, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Even if it's not first ballot, definitely second ballot. Well, the best part is that if he does retire, which even if he – like, real quick, though, even though if you, he's done and, like you said, he wasn't the best tight end this year, hell of a catch they made to get that ball. Oh, my right God. In. I say that that was the game breaker. Yeah, that so I mean, he still can make those plays. With Michelle the next play. Oh, my buddy was so pissed. He had a bet on Burkhead scoring the first touchdown of the game, and it dragged on so long. He's like, "Let's go!" They got it down to the five. Burkhead right in. He saw Simon Michelle back there. He was so pissed. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so we were saying what we we're saying. Gronk, and I mean, he'll be fine. He'll be easily. Uh, a personality on TV somewhere. Oh, either that WWE, he'll do something fun. Like you know, oh, he's gonna well, WWE. I think he's he might be too broken even for that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, hey, listen, if the Rock could do with how broken his body was, then I mean, it's possible. But I could um, see Gronk hosting some shit. Or oh like, my god, he could. He he would be like a host of something on NFL Network. But so I've heard people who are around the Patriots organization. My uncle, my uncle, um, he uh, he does a lot of photography work for them, and. He was like saying like he's he's heard Gronk speak off camera and it's just hilarious. Man, he's such a meathead. <laughs> but did you I mean, do you hear his explanation on how many rings he has? <laughs> I did not. It was like he didn't play it for a full year when they won the one Super Bowl, so he had half a year and then rounded down to one. And then after this year, it was worth one point five, so he rounded it back up, and now he has three. Like that was his logic, and everyone's like, <laughs> Matt wasn't our. I coach. love Gronk like, so like, much. Oh, I know. I got three rings. <laughs> That's what he was doing. It was great. Listen, man. Gronk is every, like, ex-football player who maybe wasn't, like, a, a road scholar. <clears throat> me. Um, who, like, you know, would just love having fun on the field. He's, you know, I, I love his personality. I just, you know, like, you know, I was just going to put people in their place. I was tired of the whole that whole narrative that he was the best tight end. But anyway, I'm almost pr- – I'm praying to the gods that freaking uh, Giselle – Pulls Tom aside after the victory parade and goes, you're done. Like, I don't care what Rob pays you. I don't care what Bill threatens to do to you. You are done. It's not, I, I, I wish. I mean, then again, like, 
as much as I want Tom Brady to be done, like that would mean Tom Brady's done. And the you got like appreciate everything you see. I mean, I don't want him to be done playing. I just don't want him to win at every stinking Super Bowl. Okay, so I have a little. I have a little. I'm thinking of something here. All right, so I am not gonna say that the Patriots will not win the Super Bowl. All I'm going to say is, if there is going to be a shot, it it's gonna be next year of somebody taking a haymaker at at the Patriots. Because let's 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 put it in rewind for a minute. The Kansas City Chiefs were one D four offsides penalty from knocking them off. The Los Angeles Rams, if they got their head out of the sand and actually played played offensive football and played their game, they would have won because their defense had that had that Patriot offense stumped. They got one big throw to Gronk down the field. And that changed the game. And if Zerline hits that kick, the Rams, I still need to get an onside kick. I don't know. But, like, you know, it's like it wasn't like this game was unwinnable. This was probably the most the most vulnerable the Patriots have looked in a Super Bowl win I've ever seen. I mean, because, yeah, you're, not, you're not wrong. I, the thing that's crazy is how the game my, started. Oh, my God. With the pick. I was like, holy it shit. Just looked, it just looked like, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I was like, this shit. is exactly what the Rams needed. The, they, gave the, they gave the ball to Patriots, which everyone said don't do. And then they picked them off. I was like, holy shit. Like, Patriots supposed to go down and score right away. Like, that's how it's supposed to go. Even though in the Super Bowl, I think the Patriots have only scored, like, six points or something in the first quarters in all their Super Bowls. Like, they never score in the first quarter in the Super Bowl. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I um, I, don't, I just was like I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my god, I got a pick! Holy shit! And then they screw it up. It's just like, oh man, I just I I'm just I feel like a disappointed parent right now <laughs> <laughs> because the Rams had this in the bag if they just played off. Not in the bag, but like they had like last year. We're not going to get it twisted. The Philadelphia Eagles gave literally 120% and snuck out with an eight-point victory. The Rams put it on cruise control and lost by lost and ha- were only down by seven with like a, a minute to go. Like, it was just – it was awful, man. Like, this was like – it wasn't like we got like – this wasn't the Patriots A squad. Like, I'm just – It, it I wasn't, just, but everyone – I mean, the whole world is hyping up. So uh, Bill Belichick and how that was the greatest. Oh yeah. Performance oh, defense-wise, oh my God, he yes, the Rams are playing conservative, but like he got inside McVeigh's head early. Want to talk about psychological warfare? He was in McVeigh's head from the start of the game. I don't know if he like ha- asked his buddy say asked his buddy the devil to like you know go haunt or like some demon to go haunt like McVeigh's dreams at night or something. But McVeigh just looks scared and like his play calling felt scared and. Yes, everyone, Belichick, this this is very telling of how good of a defensive coach Belichick is, but. Where was just, one trick play? Like, one. Give yeah, it was something. in the round to Woods, and it got five yards. I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. Like, so, they, they were they were slow. I mean, like I said, McVay needs quick, like, he needs wide open receivers for his offensive work. So that's why he has all these motions and all the stuff that goes on around it, it to free so up basic. his receivers. 
And he, last he's night, almost, he's almost scared they're going to keep committing penalties. I don't know. It just it looked they look scared, and that's uh, that's I, I we could beat the dead horse for another hour, but it, that's what it really was. Uh, What's next? Next is the rundown, and we're going to dive into two of the coaches that were uh, coaching in the Super Bowl, and that is uh, Coach Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator or linebackers coach. I think linebacker he was coach. Linebackers coach for the Patriots is now the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, and Zach Taylor, the QB coach of the Rams, actually got to keep his head coaching job for the Bengals. So it doesn't surprise me. Bengals have got a guy that's quarterback choked in the playoffs slash Super Bowl. Oh my God! And you know what's so funny? Um, I uh, I like these two hires, and can I just state the obvious here? There has never been a Belichick assistant who succeeded in the playoffs. When are they going to learn? It never works. Belichick's coaching tree is a bunch of guys who do good in the regular season. And I think it was Cowherd who made made this point, our boy Colin. He said, you look, go down the list. You start with Romeo Cornell, sucked as a, sucked as a head coach in Cleveland. Um, Charlie Weiss, garbage at Notre Dame, garbage in the NFL. Um, Mike Vrabel technically is off the Belichick coaching tree. Just for, it was his first year, but that offense like that, like all discombobulated. Bill O'Brien gets his team to the playoffs in a okay division, but can never make it past the first or second round. Shall I keep going? I just Shall don't I? understand it though. Like they have to, like I feel like that's exactly like they already have like the skills to coach, and then they've learned from the best on how to do it. And they just never, like, it, it, it cracks me up. I don't know how, I don't know what he does or doesn't do it when they're in the room that, that makes him better. Like, I, I don't get it. Don't what they can it. translate onto the next level. But um, I think if I had to, terribly, I think there's a better chance of, well, Flor- the Dolphins are going to suck next year regardless who's coaching them. Like, the Tannehill's done. I don't know if they're going to go after a quarterback. They, uh, they, they are in the sweepstakes for Foles. I've heard a couple of reports about it. See, I don't want Foles to go there, though, if we're being honest. I don't either. I want him to go to Jacksonville. Like, so do I. Like, give him the best opportunity. Because like my buddy said, if he goes to the Dolphins and sucks, everyone's going to be like, oh, see, this is why we went with Wentz. Like, no, Foles is, needs to be around good players to be good. He would even admit that. If you can't realize that, then you're just a delusional person and you don't realize that Foles. Yes, he's an, a talented quarterback, but he needs – Help he around. is a solid B plus quarterback. But B yes. plus win Super Bowls, clearly. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know what? The three teams I've heard the most reports are the Bengals, the uh, Dolphins, and the Jags. The Bengals? I heard Bengals. And dude, Bengals will be great for him. You know why? AJ Green, Joe Mixon. You get a bruiser running back who can blow off long runs. You've got one of the best receivers in football. Oh, and you got Tyler Boyd, who, like, is a nice compliment to A.J. Green. Yeah, but the only problem is it's the Bengals. I mean, new coach. Like they don't, but they don't, they don't, I mean, I guess it's been so long since they've, I guess, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this Zach Taylor kid, it sounds like, and looks like this kid you would see in, like, a fraternity or something like that. I don't know. I I believe it when I see it. I don't know how much he learned under McVeigh. Obviously, that's the other thing that's hilarious. This McVeigh and Belichick 
the battle of the young versus the old and uh like done it forever and look what happened the offensive genius scored three points so let's see how coach taylor does i think i you know what i'll take our salt and pepper wiley uh wiley head coach any day of the week yeah but advisor himself dougie p exactly exactly i still wish they would go get uh de filippo back but um he's on jacksonville now I know, I know. I wanted them to get him back, but it's whatever. Next topic, we'll stick with some football. Talking about terrible teams. The Oakland Raiders. I believe this is... Raiders. I miss Chris Berman. He was there in the Super Bowl. I know. He's back. They brought him ESPN brings him back slightly every once in a while for big games. But the Raiders... They are not playing in the Oakland Athletic Stadium. They are now going to be playing in the San Francisco Giants Stadium. Supposedly it is the Oracle Park. I swore it was AT&T Park or something like that. I guess they changed it. But though they're supposed to be playing there. I think believe this is the last season before they move to Vegas. So if you're an Oakland fan, like this is even more of a slap in the face because you just already know you're moving to Vegas and you're taking away their last season, even though they suck. The blame goes to the A's. The A's are garbage organization, too. Why don't they just let the Raiders play there? They can be all garbage together. I just, you know what, to me, you're right. This is a slap in the face. I hate it. I I hate the Raiders are moving to Vegas, of all places. I mean, it's close enough to Oakland where, like, people would go. Like, Raiders fans in that area from the L.A. area would go. Like, we were talking to our boy Juice from the L.A. area. He said, he says, Vegas is only about a four-hour drive, but still, like, Still a four-hour drive. It's still four. That's like me driving to go hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've taken four-hour trips, and they—they—they're they, not terrible, but it—it it, it would get old. It, it, yeah, it would get old going every Sunday, driving four and a half, four, four, four and a half hours. But like, I mean, it just this just sucks. That's that's all I got. You no, know, I was just thinking. I don't know how this has never been brought up, and if it has been brought up, I haven't seen it. But how funny would it have been? If the Raiders would have drafted, drafted Kyler Murray, so he would be in the same building. Oh my God! <laughs> how did I not? How does no one? I feel like I've never, I haven't heard of that yet. He would be in the same building. He could just be working out, playing football, not I actually would be playing. Crying, I'd be like, oh my God, it's just slap in the face. Well, not even. I'm saying he might, he might have done both if he was in the same. I mean, obviously he was not playing in the majors, but at least he could be practicing in the facilities. He's playing in the same place. I know. It's actually pretty. That's an interesting point. John Gruden, John Gruden, would be like, "Oh, I need my guy that can dual sport. I need him to play baseball and play football. That's when you know." And really he can about. play like my favorite sport: water polo and darts. <laughs> Something crazy. And, uh, and Ronnie Corona is yell serpentine, son. Serpentine. I love those uh, man. The Tony Romo ones suck. Well, I was pissed. I was so I was at. My buddy's uh, dad owns a bar, and we went there. It was they make all this amazing food, and so you couldn't really hear Tony Romo the whole game. So I was kind of bummed. I couldn't tell if he was calling out plays, but then again, if he was, he really none of the plays worked. Well, because nothing happened. There was no like, I mean, oh no, Jim Nance was making some pot shots about the lack of offense. It was getting pretty cheeky. I was like, yo, Jim. He goes, guys, something exciting's happened. There was a punt, and it went the it broke the record. I was like, I was crying. I'm like, oh my god! Even the announcers are making fun of how shitty this game is. It, it is. It's. I. It was. It was shitty game, and 
somebody had a very, very, very strong opinion on this shitty game and how everyone keeps calling it this boring game. And that is our buddy Trey Wingo over at Golden Wingo. And we're going to play a little snippet of what his thoughts were on how everyone thought about the Super Bowl. Just shut up. If you don't want to watch, then don't watch. Go watch the Raptors and the Knicks. Go do something else. But don't sit there for four flipping hours with your eyes glued to the game and say, oh, this is so boring. But I can't stop watching. Oh, it's so boring. Just shut the hell up. Oh, okay. I mean, give me a break. If you don't want to watch it, then don't watch it. But don't watch the game and sit there and go, oh, I hate it. That's the worst. And you people that did that, you're the worst. The absolute worst. Yeah, Jerry, we'll tell them. I don't want to hear any of that garbage. If you don't want to watch the game, don't watch the game. But don't sit there watching the game and saying, oh, I'm so bored. I can't take it anymore. Give me a break. All right, I'm done. Trey Wingo's opinion is not fucking opinion. I love when he says, uh, he's like flipping blah, blah, blah. And Golik's like, oh, 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 we're, we're going there now. And uh, no, the best is you cut it out at the end, but he goes, "This does not affect reflect the opinion of Golik and Wingo." And oh, yeah. Trey Wingo goes, "Yes, it does." Well, it's just so funny because he's not like a one. I mean, he does get a little riled up, but he was not happy, man. Like, I get it, and but the, the only argument is that NFL doesn't want him to be saying that because he doesn't want like yes. Watch the game. That's what the NFL is saying, and this was supposedly the like the least watched game in like the last decade. Oh, by the way, that was um, via ESPN's Golik and Wingo. Yeah. <laughs> so I Trey Wingo, I loved it. I mean, it, it, he put on a show at seven in the morning, eight in the morning, whatever time that show Dude, starts. I was not even awake yet. I was up. At, I, I didn't get up till nine o'clock today. I, I loved it. I loved I it. At the office at seven thirty this morning, and I get an update on my phone and it says Trey Wingo. Goes off on ESPN. I was like, oh, okay. Well, here's some morning uh, morning news to look at while I'm sipping on my coffee. I miss, I miss working at an office sometimes. Oh, oh don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. But <coughs> either way, Trey Wingo, you're the man for that. Uh, another guy that's the man for saying something that some people are calling a little controversial, but you mentioned him earlier, Andrew oh. Whitworth. Offensive lineman for the St. Louis. Can we start playing that song by Simon and Garfunkel right now? Because it's just, it's just, it's really depressing. He's trying to spin zone the loss not being that big of a deal because, as he put it, we're all going to die. So it doesn't matter if you're playing football or you're not playing football or whatever you're doing. At the end of the day, we're all going to die. So it pretty much doesn't matter. That was a paraphrase. I did not quote him verbatim, but he did say along the lines that we are all going to die, and that's why it's not that big of a deal. Oh, my God. What a stretch and spin zone and however you want to put it that Whitworth used for that one. That was literally just, I want to play that Hello Darkness, my old friend. <laughs> like, like, that's just so depressing. And it just, it was like, I, I when I saw that quote, I was like, no, holy shit! He actually said that. I, I mean, Andrew Whitworth is one of like the good guys in the NFL. Like he was up for the Walter Payton Man of the Year award, I think last year, or maybe it was this year. I can't remember. But to me, I'm just like, oh god. I mean, I, I understand why he's so depressed because it's like it sucks. You're like you, 
it was like they were just helpless because they just it would just look like they just weren't awake for the game. Well, it's just funny too because like you understand why he said that is because he's thinking about what would be better than this, and I think death was in his head because he just had they had such a awful. Not only did they lose in the Super Bowl, but they lost in one of the worst Super Bowls to ever be played, the lowest scoring Super Bowl. Other than and that, they also I, lost to probably the most vulnerable vulnerable Patriots team ever to walk into a Super Bowl. And it was partially his fault because the offensive line played terrible. Like I said, he was just depressed, like you just said, and went the route of death. And I, 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 I'm surprised as such a, uh, what's it called? Like you said, man of the year, like an honored, uh, respected player. And he goes that route. It was just wild. I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy crap. I'm like, this is a miss quote. Nope, it's not a miss quote. Never mind. Speaking of, uh, it's a little transition of, we're going to switch it up to a little basketball. And people that usually you would think were misquoted, but they're not. And that is LeVar Ball. And yes, he is back in the sports news. Obviously, there's a lot of trade talks going around LA. And Lonzo Ball has been included in pretty much every one of them. And LeVar Ball has spoke his mind and wants his son, Lonzo Ball, to go to the Suns. He thinks that would be the best fit for him. And I actually think of everything LeVar Ball has said in his – That actually makes a lot of sense. The most Holy sense. Shit. It makes the most wow. sense. They need a point guard. They don't need – I mean, they, they could use a little bit of scoring they need, help. They need a point like – because Devin Booker is a scorer. He's not a – He's not a pass distribute the ball. Lonzo Ball would be the perfect compliment to him. Almost like a, a dra- Gorgian Dry. Who, who did the uh, he have for a while? Dragic and I guess D Wade uh, towards the end. But <clears throat> that makes. I agree. Sense. I think it would be the. I said I've never really listened or believed or agreed with it. most things Lavar Ball has said. So this one actually makes way. a lot of sense. Actually makes a lot of sense. So I, I wonder I if Lonzo Lavar Ball. I am proud of you that was the smartest things ever come out of your mouth let's get a little, a little round of applause for uh there we go i know like <laughs> I, I i i gotta give it up man that was a very smart take from uh never lost <laughs> never uh but we'll stick with basketball and obviously anthony davis has now narrowed his uh narrowed his list down to four teams what are the teams and you got the lakers obviously you got the knicks i don't know why the Knicks are one of the teams. Like, why I'm, the Knicks? Can we, before we get to the rest of them, I need to understand why the Knicks are this team that he people continue to, like, think. I mean, after the season, if they grab Zion and, like, they grab Kyrie, okay, yeah, I see him. I see why you want to go there. But right now, when they're when your only hope is – jeez, I don't even know who they traded for him. Wasn't the trade last week for Prozingis? I don't even remember the hell they traded him. They, yeah, they traded Porzingis. They traded Hardaway. I, mean, I think they got what they what they gave him. They gave him like they gave him a bunch uh, of players in a Jr., pick. Um, uh, DeAndre Jordan and uh, uh, what's it called? And uh, yeah, that was it. Um, here's here's my uh, oh, and Wesley Matthews. So well, he's supposedly going to get bought out, so he's going to be on a the... bad team in the East. Who the hell are they going to give him though? The Knicks don't have anything. I know. If I'm Davis, I'm going to play hypotheticals here. One, I have never hit – the Knicks are the one New York team I secretly kind of pull for 
because like is there just the Knicks? It's the M- it's MSG. It's cool. Like I actually like going to the, the Garden to go watch basketball. So cool for them until they become good. If that ever happens one day. You're a Sixers fan. I understand that. So hypotheticals here. Let's just say Davis. The Pelicans give Davis a little nice little. Oh, you want these are your teams? Oh, we don't care. Oh, uh, hey, uh, uh, was it Orlando? You want to give us like Aaron Gordon and like a draft pick? Sure. Here's Anthony Davis. Let me go rot for half a season. And well, then, I think the, the well the thing was the four teams were where he would like to go on free agency. Like he would no no he said those are the four teams that he would most likely sign an extension with. Oh okay. Because I can see him going the offseason to New York, and let's say they grab Zion in the first – if they can get the first pick, they get Zion. Or There's they get- no way that they would – that's the thing. The Knicks would be able to give that first pick for Anthony Davis. There's no know, way that Zion that's is – That's why I'm saying the Knicks should hold off. They should wait. They should try to see if they can get him in the offseason because you get Zion, you get Anthony Davis – and let's see, let's see, let's see. Maybe they can't get Kyrie, but they get like a Mike Conley, like somebody's a little cheaper, but kind of fits that, like what they're doing. You also throw in Dennis Smith Jr. and DeAndre Jordan. That's a good team. That's a really, that's even without Kyrie, that's a really good team. Like that's that's like second or third in the East, good team behind possibly like Toronto if they can keep Kyrie and Boston. If they can keep, I mean, if Kyrie, if they can keep Boston and Kawhi, sorry, wrong K name, if they can stay, if he stays in Toronto, which I think might be a possibility now. Well, um, the other two teams that I did not mention, so it was Lakers and Knicks, but you also had the Clippers and the Bucks, and you were hype on the Bucks, but the Clippers is a I kind like of the a Clippers. Well, yeah, because Kawhi, I, I could, I've been saying since the get go, I could see Kawhi going there and not the Lakers next year. Oh, you know. Here's one thing I don't get about people are always like, oh, everyone's going to the Lakers. I'm like, you realize there's n- this whole this whole facade. Not everyone wants to play with LeBron. Yeah. It's not like it's not like I don't even know what we're making the analogy. It's not like the destination. Like a lot of guys, I guess I don't know if this is true or not, but like people, LeBron, I don't think rubs everybody the right way in the in the league. Like you realize when he was on the on the uh, when he was on the what's it called? Uh, Boogie could have gone to the Lakers. He goes to the uh, Warriors. Like it's it's kind of like. Oh yeah, because Boogie just wants to get that ring, and then he's exactly, he don't care. That's what I'm thinking. Like even when he was in Cleveland, only certain players went there, and those were his boys. Well, the problem is the Cleveland had. LeBron and the GMs have ruined any possibilities of getting anybody there because they the salary hits were terrible that they had in the beginning of LeBron's second tenure with the Cavs. But, I mean, I just think Kawhi and AD, and you get some type of a little point guard that can – you only need a star. Somebody can distribute that team – just them two. And right they there. even in, – in, let's say you have – you still have Tobias Harris and Montrose Harrell – and I can't remember who the other guy that got there. You got good. Sweet Lou's on that team, right? Yeah, Lou Williams. Yeah, yeah, like that's a good team. Like that's a real. That's that. I take that's taking haymakers at the Warriors. Like good. Kawhi and AD themselves on the. I I, I that's the longest just... front court. You have a decent center too, and then you have Montrezl Harrell and Tobias Harris come off the. They probably wouldn't keep Harris. They probably try to deal him. But well, that would Montrez... be the that would be the least controversial and the quietest. 
superstar duo. Like Anthony Davis and Kawhi are very not not usually in the media. AD this year because he wants to get out of New Orleans, which I don't blame him. But I just I think it'd be a cool little uh, duo they had there, and I'm sure they could get some pieces around them. But oh yeah, I, I like that a lot. So you know, I mean, as much as I'm a Western Conference guy, so like I would hate to see no. I need, I think I need my Timberwolves to go make a move in the deadline because they're only going to be an eight seed at best right now. And um, I just like you know, this is either way. I just think his two best destinations are his three best destinations in free agency are New York. Uh, Milwaukee and uh, what's it called? Uh, Clippers. Yeah. So I also think out of spite, if I'm a the Pelicans GM, regardless of the Lakers are willing, the the new the newest trade supposedly is Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley. That is seven players and two first round picks. Wow. That is literally. Half, if not all, of your roster and two first-round picks for AD. I really think that the GM for the Pelicans is simply not doing this out of spite. That it makes him look like he's just doing it because that's what like the the world's supposed to like. That's how the cookie cookie's supposed to crumble. Like that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah, I feel like I. It's almost like he's like, no, I'm not doing this because everyone says I'm supposed to. Even though he's getting a lot of talent. For one player. But it's like, except for Josh Hart and Kuzma, there's not a lot there past next year or the year after. Well, and the argument is that they're trading away their team that was not very good, even though they're young. So, so. I, if I if I if I am the head if I am the GM of the Pelicans, I am looking for what I can do to rebuild. So I am looking at a team who's got a couple young guys that are willing to part with who are like, you know, who can be kind of mismatched around, maybe get a first-round pick. And also, I, the, the L.A. thing, it just – also, if the Lakers make this deal, what, are they going to just do LeBron and uh, – what, are they just going to have LeBron and AD go out there? Just two well, there's, five? there's talks that uh, LeBron's boy, J.R. Smith, would get bought out or he would somehow get waived. And then you would have Wesley Matthews is going to get waived by the Knicks. You have uh, – there's one more, like, old vet that would just – he would get his vet guys. Right, it's, like another, it's another infirmary, just like freaking – what's it called? Cleveland. It's, it's ne- The world never changes. It doesn't, but I think AD is a little bit of a step up from Kevin, Kevin Love. Kevin Love. Yeah, well, anything's a step up from Kevin Love. Even though I loved Kevin Love back in the day, I thought he was – underrated and then i found out he might have been a little overrated well he, he, he lost over- weight he lost weight should never lost weight yeah he needed to stay fat all right uh work. next topic next topic and the last topic of the rundown and it's a little bit of a we don't like i said nobody likes to get fired nobody likes to hear about people getting fired but a broadcaster and analyst on espn adnan verk who was becoming one of my more favorite ones just got fired today for supposedly leaking news about MLB from MLB Tonight, something like that. But I guess I, I'm hoping it wasn't just like he was talking to one of his buddies and he just said something about – it makes me think that he said something about Machado or Harper. It's the only thing I could think of. I, I, that's what it's got to be, something that high profile. Like I, I just – it's got to be some high profile news. And one of his buddies tweeted it out and – ESPN caught wind of it and was like, yeah, you're done. 
Well, he's, he's he definitely he's trying to sue ESPN because it's he's calling bullshit. But we I I, I tweeted it out today from the main account. I said, Adnan, come on, let let us help you. You can join us over here at Belly Up Sports. We'd love to have you. You would take over the brand. But I I was surprised because he really was just starting to come up with ESPN and. It, he was he was like taking over. People couldn't be on Golic Wingo. He he took over for um, he was on Get Up. He was on the Will Kane Show. One like he was a good substitute. And it's a shame like. Well, I mean the Will Kane show is a joke, so let's not let's not go too far. But the Will Kane Show is a joke, depending on how you listen to it. I treat it as I listen to him as I listen to Colin Cowherd. I would never put him and Cowherd in the same sentence. They're the same type of. People, except for Will Kane's a troll when it comes to the Cowboys. If Will Kane was not a Cowboys fan and said the things he did, you would understand what I'm getting at. Because he's a realist. Well, my undying hatred of the Cowboys makes me not. So. Yeah. But actually, just one more topic. I just thought about it, and it involves Anthony Davis and it involves LeBron, and it is what they wore. Or was it LeBron? Either way. No, it was, it was uh, Kevin Durant. It was Kevin Durant and LeBron. And uh, they were wearing a all-black jersey with number seven to resemble Colin Kaepernick. And I am completely okay with that stand. I just don't think that people – like, it's obviously – I don't know if they're really arguing for him to be playing because I don't think Colin Kaepernick's arguing for him to be playing. Who knows what he's doing workouts-wise? You never hear about him from him saying he wants to play. Who knows if he's any, even any good anymore? He wasn't really good his last season. So I think that's what people are forgetting this whole thing. It's been two years. It's going to probably be three. He's never going to play in the league again. It has to be more of an argument of what it means not for him to act. What he stood for. That's what it's about. Yeah, but I think they really think, he, like, every single year I see somebody saying that, oh, well, how is Kaepernick not on the team yet? Who's saying he's, like, reaching okay, out to teams? I, I see here. I'm going to raise you one. So I had a... I had one of the people I was at a party with complain out, oh, they were doing the Maroon 5 thing, and Cardi B was, wasn't supposed to appear because not until Colin Kaepernick has a job. I'm like, all right, Cardi, listen, you're, you're, you're hilarious, and you're an American treasure, but literally stop. Here's the thing. Colin, oh, you made all the right points. One, Colin Kaepernick was garbage last year. Two, it's been three years. Three, he has con- it has been confirmed he's turned down a couple offers from teams. Like, very low-line offers, but they were still jobs. So, the thing is, I think he's enjoying more being an activist than anything else now. Well, he's being he paid is, by Nike, too. Nike's paying him. him. Nike's paying him. It's not like he's not getting money. So, like, I think Colin Kaepernick at this point, I, I, so a buddy of mine, he, me and him were talking about this, and I said to him as a, he was a, you know, he's an African-American man from, New Haven, Connecticut. I am a white boy from Southbury, Connecticut, two very different places to grow up. And we were talking about this. He's he's one of my best friends. Shout out to my boy Chris. He listens all the time. And I said to him, like, listen, I may have not agreed completely about the point, the way he went about making his point. And we're not going to go crazy into this because we could do this for hours. But his message there's there's something there. There's a reason for his message. There is problems with racial tension in this country and I'm not in police brutality towards minorities. I'm not going to to ignore that is pleading ignorance. But the thing is, the way people have gone about saying, oh, if Kaepernick doesn't have a job, I'm going to do this. Listen, 
Kaepernick is an activist now. He's not a quarterback anymore. We cannot, and this is now, to the, I'm, play the smooth jazz through this because I'm going to make a point here. But it to me, this whole statement between LeBron, who is, I, I would consider himself an activist, Kevin Durant, who I didn't even know cared about anything else besides chirping at trolls on Twitter, the point, I, they make a good, they make the point, I like the move because I think this country, uh, there's a quote by Abraham Lincoln, and my father put this one on one of his t-shirts from his company, and it was, uh, a house divided cannot stand. And I think that what they're going for is they want equality, and and every person, and I do believe that every person, regardless of creed, race, gender, or how they choose to whatever, I don't give a shit. Every person is equal in my eyes, and that's the way it should be in everyone's eyes. So I agree with the statement here. I I like the move. I think that people need to get over it, the fact that Kaepernick's probably not ever to play football again. It's been three years. It's over. But yeah, that's that's what I got for it. I uh, I'm gonna really really throw you off with this one. Ready? Yeah. Is this mean that? LeBron and Kevin Durant are going to join forces next year. <laughs> oh my God. You would swing it this way. I was like, holy I was shit, so I'm about to serious. skip Bayless the making, hell out of it. I was making like a most diplomatic statement just now, and you say, are they going to join forces? No. I'm telling you, hey, that's. Well, I mean, that would be the same day. Oh my God, Durant to the Lakers. Whew. All I'm saying is, is that they communicated and. Hmm. hmm. Okay, so. I have a little – so this may play into my theory of the destruction of the Golden State Warriors. Ooh, I, I like this. I, I don't know. You talking th- through that whole thing, obviously I respected everything you said. I respect the opinion of others. But for some reason, I just, it popped in my head. I said, holy shit. Listen, I've, I don't had know that if I've, said gotten, I've gotten lectured by you know ex-girlfriends, parents, relatives, whatever, and I'll have some idea pop in my head. Like, are you listening? Like, yeah, but I have an idea. Hold up. Yeah. I just I think, still, listen, I'm not knocking for it. That, it's an interesting theory, but I'm that was me being diplomatic for a second. I, I'm almost guaranteeing that I, I didn't watch any sports today. I was busy all day, and I, no and, sports news, and I have no clue. If, I wouldn't be surprised if Skip Bayless or your boy Max Kellerman or even Cowherd. Oh, God, something. stop taking my boy. <laughs> Jesus. Oh gosh, it's just I, I could even see I could even see uh my boy Will Kane doing it. I'll put a snippet up tomorrow. Well, if I can figure out this snippet shit, but I'll put my face next to Will Kane. I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't want my face next to a Cowboys fan's face it just make me puke. But uh, yeah, I mean that's interesting. I just thought about that. But uh, all right. So you got anything else? No, that wraps up the rundown. I think right. I think that is a perfect way. That to was stop. wrapped up the rundown. That's final call. I mean, actually, you know what? No, I mean, screw it. Uh, I have to edit this crap anyway. So um, I have one last call, folks. We brought up a little bit before. Um, so the rumors are, well, it's, of course, you know, we've, we're a month away from the most magical day of the year. My Christmas, 2.0, Christmas is my favorite holiday, but this is like my second Christmas. And the first day of NFL free agency. And... So it was uh, so I think it was Friday the story broke that Nick Foles is going to get franchise tagged by Philadelphia, and when the original story broke that they were just going to let him walk, I'm like that doesn't make sense. That's not how he rose, man. That's not how the Eagles roll. 
the new Philadelphia, post Chip Kelly's destruction. Oh, we can even talk about how Chip Kelly, Deshaun Jackson, and Mike Vick threw him under the bus this weekend. But the way I look at it is this. Ty Roseman was not going to let a walking asset gold mine like Nick Foles walk. So now the Eagles, they're, they set their price at a third-round pick. But you best believe, because multiple teams are interested apparently, that somebody's going to overpay. And you best believe Howie Roseman is sitting back in his chair at the Nova Complex, twiddling his thumbs, looking at his cell phone, all the messages from GM saying, eh, who can I rip off the worst? He's looking for a Jay Ajahi-level heist. And you best believe, whether it's Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Miami, maybe a team we haven't heard yet, Oakland, I don't know. You best believe some 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 team is going to throw a book at the Eagles saying, take anything. We want Foles. We want the Super Bowl hero that beat Brady on our team. And it makes me evilly grin for what Howie Roseman is going to do it on free agency. So I'm excited as an Eagles fan, man. This is interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole sign or they're going to franchise him and try to trade him. Like we were talking about before too. I, we, I hope he does get, go somewhere well, but yeah, everything you just said, I agree with. I just, it, it's, it's, it's such a Howie Roseman move to do this too. And it's just like, and I was, so a buddy of mine, he's a Patriots fan. So he's celebrating this one. So shout out to my boy, Patty, he always listens. But, um, he, um, he said to me, he goes, so my buddy, Matt, who's a Giants fan said, Jets fan, he goes, watch, they, the Jags want to get rid of Ramsey. The Eagles need a new cornerback to replace possibly Darby. If he goes to free agency, um, they chuck Darby in a fourth round pick for Foles and a seventh rounder. I'd be like, yo, how how would walk in there, shake GM hand, and walk out with Jalen Ramsey's contract? I I would love to see Ramsey in an Eagles uniform. That'd be dope. But uh, that it's just that kind of thing. That that that's the kind of stuff that can happen. That's why free agency is so magical to a guy like me who like appreciates the speculation. So that about wraps it up for Jared, for Mark, for all of us knuckleheads here at Belly Up Sports. Well, thank you for joining us here in the corner booth tonight. We we will see you guys later in the week where we have our boy Jack O'Hara coming on to talk a little baseball. Peace. This episode of the Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.